if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Eight minutes after 10 o'clock as hour number two gets underway. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday, the seventh morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Thanks again to Andy Puzder, uh, White House Economic Advisor, actually Trump Pence 2020 Economic Advisor, uh, talking about where we are, where the economy is, what it uh, is going to look like in the next four years and beyond, depending on what we do on November 3rd, less than a month away. And, you know, I, 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 sometimes I, I can be given to hyperbole. Sometimes I can go a little bit overboard in terms of melodrama and so forth. But I'm really, truly not. That's why I wanted Andy Puzzer to do it. Uh, because he's got, obviously, far, far better economic chops than I could ever hope to have. He is an extraordinarily successful businessman. Again, uh, he is a Cleveland native, by the way. He was uh, 16 years the CEO of CKE Restaurants, just a tremendous, tremendous economic mind and business mind. And when he tells you what the future of this country looks like, um, if we don't reelect President Trump and if we allow a socialist in training or essentially the Trojan horse that is carrying the socialists who would then be inside our gates in the, uh, in the, you know, in the walls of power, inside the walls of power, um, you need to listen to him. It is that dangerous. Uh, everything that we talked about in terms of uh, our economy, everything we talked about in terms of job creation, everything we talked about in terms of business growth, all of that uh, is in serious, serious jeopardy. Businesses cannot expand when they're constantly being choked off by federal regulations. That's the demon rat socialist playbook. The government should control how businesses are run, not business owners and entrepreneurs. The governors, the government, the federal government, big daddy government should tell people how much of their own money they can keep, like an allowance, not the, uh, the, the stupid workers themselves. So we need to tax them more and then dole it out as we see fit. I mean, we don't need to go through all of the things, but just know, just know that the growth that we have seen in the economy in the first three and a half years of the Trump presidency was not an accident. It was by design, and it reversed the slow, you know, a, a stodgy type of rebound from the economy or from the depression. Or God, excuse me, the slow, stodgy uh, recovery from the economic recession that we were in uh, when Obama started office uh, that we have seen in, in you know since 1929. What President Trump did has been uh, extraordinary, and people need to recognize that. 
You know who recognized that and did a great job of pointing it out, I thought, today and in his column in the Washington Post is our friend Hugh Hewitt. Uh, Listen, the local newspaper where I live in Lorain County, uh, there are two Lorain County newspapers, uh, but neither one of them are what they used to be because of the state of the industry. But and I'm not going to name names, but the local uh, newspaper that's in Illyria, it it, uh, it it might as well be re, you know retitled Washington Post Ohio Edition, um, except that it wouldn't even be about Ohio. It's just rerunning the Washington Post. They have Washington Post columns um, all over it every day, particularly on Sundays. Every liberal Washington Post writer that they have, uh, that's what I'm forced to read if I'm looking at the editorial page. And it's painful in its anti-Trump bias. It is just so disgusting. And once in a blue moon, we'll get lucky. And they'll run one from Hugh Hewitt. And Hugh Hewitt just uh, uh, published this op-ed in the Washington Post yesterday, and I'm hoping it is picked up in the local paper paper here uh, this week. Probably wouldn't be until Sunday, the way they do it. But it's extraordinarily important for you to understand, especially now that people are going to the polls and voting and by the way, we're waiting for Frank LaRose. Secretary of State Frank LaRose is supposed to be our guest here. We are waiting to make that connection. I'll tell you when he's here. But I'm tying that into this. <clears throat> People started voting yesterday, the first day of early voting. And it's going to continue. And then, of course, absentee ballots and so on and so forth. And you need to know now how desperate and dire the situation is. And, and Hugh Hewitt's op-ed explaining why you should feel good, not filled with trepidation and not nervous and not a little bit embarrassed or ashamed or anything else. You should feel good about voting for Donald Trump. Whether you voted for him last time or not, maybe you're a conservative who just didn't like the you know past history of Donald Trump or maybe you didn't like the bluster or maybe you didn't like the orange makeup. Whatever your reason was that stopped you from voting for him last time, you need to wake up And understand how crucial every single vote is this time, because it's going to be that close in a lot of states, including in Ohio. I really believe it. And the stakes could not be more dire. Hugh Hewitt today in the Washington Post. The 2020 election is four weeks out. Here is the short case for backing the Trump-Pence ticket and voting for Republican senators and representatives in your state. Have President Trump and the Republicans helped you since they assumed office in 2017, or are you the same or worse off than you were nearly four years ago? My guess is that the President and the GOP have helped you. Yes, of course, count the effects of the coronavirus pandemic, but I think Trump Trump has done as well as any president could have done, and better than Joe Biden would have done. Remember that when Trump restricted flights from China on uh, January 31st as the pandemic that spread from Wuhan had barely started? The next day, Biden criticized the president's hysteria and xenophobia. More recently, Biden has vowed to shut down the entire country in response to the pandemic if necessary. Now consider that you are much safer and more secure under this president than you were on January 20th, 2017. Because of the military uh, buildup that Trump has overseen. Every member of the military has received higher pay, and the armed forces are now much better equipped. You might not be safer if you lived in crime-afflicted Chicago or New York or Portland, Oregon, but that's another matter. That's a great point here. Hugh Hewitt's talking big-picture national safety and national security versus in-city safety, and we'll get to that. Trump has reduced the U.S. military footprint abroad, choosing to punch hard while pulling back. The Islamic State's so-called caliphate in the Middle East has been destroyed. Syria and Iran are on notice. 
the two biggest terrorist leaders alive when Trump took office, the Islamic State's Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi and Iranian military commander Qasem Soleimani, are now dead. The United Arab Emirates and Bahrain have recently signed major diplomatic agreements with Israel, a breakthrough engineered by the Trump administration, and the first such pact between the Jewish state and its Arab neighbors in 25 years. The president has focused the world's attention on the Chinese Communist Party's imperial ambitions, human rights abuses, and role in letting the coronavirus escape from Wuhan. Trump also has shown uh, how the World Health Organization's ties to Beijing has worsened the crisis. I've got more from Hugh Hewitt in the Washington Post today that you need to know as you go to vote. But I am told that uh, Frank LaRose, Secretary of State, is on the line now. We'll try to get him for a couple of minutes here uh, before our break. Secretary of State LaRose, thanks so much for coming on. How are you? You bet, Bob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Okay, thank you for coming on. It's obviously extraordinarily important to have you on at this particular point in time because of all of the issues involving voting in this extraordinarily crucial presidential election. And since we started yesterday, I wanted to see if we can get some answers to some of the frequently asked questions that people have about voting. First of all, tell me how early voting is going as far as you understand it since it started yesterday at 730 at uh, boards of elections all over the state of Ohio. Yeah, you're right. Early voting began yesterday morning all over Ohio. We had thousands of Ohioans taking advantage of this. Of course, Election Day is November 3rd, but Election Month started yesterday. We saw some lines at county boards of elections. That's kind of expected on the first day of early voting. But uh, at this point, uh, we're, we're not seeing lines in most places around the state. And so you've got 216 hours of early voting. We really make it easy in Ohio. In fact, we have more early voting hours than any state in the nation other than five. We've got evening hours and weekend hours. So if you like that in-person voting experience, go down to your county board of elections and cast your ballot. You can get all of those addresses and time at voteohio.gov to find out where to take advantage of early voting. Well, there's, it's very clear that a lot of people uh, enjoy and, and certainly trust the in-person voting experience better than they do uh, either absentee voting or mail-in voting. And as a matter of fact, we're, that, that's where I want to kind of direct part of this conversation. If you received, or rather, if you requested an absentee ballot, Secretary LaRose, um, and you have just decided, I don't trust it. I don't trust that it's going to get where it needs to be. Uh, it needs to go from me to, to the ballot box and being counted. I want to go vote in person. What do you have to do? Because I'm hearing some folks say they went to vote early yesterday. They were told, hey, you requested an absentee ballot, and they're told you better bring it back to the Board of Elections so they can destroy it just to prevent you from voting twice. Can you tell us how that works? Yeah, Bob, first of all, let me start with absentee voting is something that Ohioans have done for a long time, 20 years now almost. We've had absentee voting. It's been trusted by both Republicans and Democrats. So it is a good way to cast your ballot. One of the things that Ohioans can do if they want to vote absentee is track their ballot. So you go to voteohio.gov, just like you track a package, you order online, you can track your ballot and make sure it's received by the Board of Elections. So that's a good way to do it. You also can drop off your absentee ballot at the Board of Elections. We've made it easier than ever with every county board of elections now having a secure 24-7 drop box available where people can go and drop it off. But if you have requested a ballot and you decide you want to vote in person, what you should do is really take that absentee ballot that they mailed you and then go down to the board of elections for the early voting period and cast your ballot there. Now, they will invalidate the, the one that they mailed to you and then give you the chance to vote in person. If you show up to vote on election day after you requested an absentee ballot, at that point you'll have to cast a provisional ballot, which simply means they put it aside in a separate folder, and then they make sure after election day that they didn't also receive 
your mailed ballot because obviously we we believe that everybody gets to vote but only once okay let me let me uh, hit two things on that number one uh about the the part about invalidating your absentee ballot if you requested one does do does an individual who decides to vote in person after requesting that absentee have to bring it in and surrender it to the board or can they dispose of it themselves it's best to bring it in. Again, that makes it much easier for the Board of Elections to have accountability on that. But I'll be clear on this. The Boards of Elections are only going to count one ballot per person, right? So they keep track of who voted and how, how and, 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 and when and, and that kind of thing. And so if you have requested an absentee ballot, the best thing to do is to mail in that absentee ballot. But uh, just for administrative purposes, it's best to bring that with you to the Board of Elections. If you don't, then they'll work with you uh, otherwise as well. I understand, uh, Secretary LaRose, that you know people have been voting absentee for years and it's been very well trusted, et cetera, et cetera, but this is a different time. And I've got a headline in front of me, literally crossed my screen this morning. Many Franklin County voters receive wrong absentee ballots in mail. No fix is ready yet. Now, I haven't read the story. I'm just reading you the headline. But that sounds bad. <laughs> it makes people distrust anything having to do with not going to the polls and voting in person. These are absentee, which we know are supposed to be safe and secure, but I don't know what this means about people getting the wrong ballots, but there's your headline. Yeah, so we became aware of this when uh, some voters contacted us yesterday, so we reached out to the Franklin County Board of Elections. They have uh, owned up to a, a unacceptable mistake that they made. It's uh, a human error. Uh, these things happen. It's not ever acceptable, and they're working to resolve that right now, but simply stated, when they were stuffing envelopes to get ballots mailed out to people, they, in some cases, it would appear put the wrong ballot in the wrong envelope. Uh, again, what they're working to do right now is to resolve that. Human errors can be made in the absentee voting process. They can be made in the in-person voting process. Of course, boards of elections, if they follow the procedures we've laid out for them, um, that kind of mistake won't happen. But uh, anytime there's humans involved, there's an opportunity for this. Now, it's, it's one thing we want to make clear, though, is that the Board of Elections is a completely bipartisan operation. It wasn't something where one side or another was trying to do something. It was a mistake that was made. Now, the good news is this, Bob. Here we are in the very first week of October where early voting has just begun, and so there's time for them to correct this, and they're working right now to do so. Okay. Uh, uh, real quick, what's the scale? Do you, you, how many ballots are we talking about were, were the wrong ones for Franklin County? Don't, yeah, we don't know. Uh, hold, hold, excuse me, begin. Secretary. Hold on. Andrew, kill the music. Uh, the Secretary came in late. We're going to blow through this break so that I can ask him all these questions. We'll, we'll make it up on the other side. Uh, I'm sorry. Please Thanks, continue. Bro. Yeah, so we, we don't have uh, an exact number on that right now. I know I'm going to be getting a briefing from my team, who is, as we speak, working with the Franklin County Board of Elections. But again, this is a mistake made by the Franklin County Board of Elections. They are devising right now the, uh, the, the remedy for that, and we'll have more to report later on. How was that mistake discovered, Mr. Secretary? And the only reason I ask is because there's 87 other counties, and if you know uh, sure. human errors are made, how, how, do, how do these things get found and rectified? So generally what happens is that a, uh, a, a citizen, a voter who's paying uh, attention, will, will notify us. And, and yesterday, so we have an operations center here at the Secretary of State's office that is as uh, you know, around the clock working with boards of elections to remedy things that come up. This was brought to our attention. We reached out to the Franklin County Board of Elections. And to give you an example, uh, even my chief of staff, the, 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 the top guy in my office, uh, he and his wife, uh, you know, received uh, an incorrect ballot at their home just last night when he got home from work. So this is something that we became aware of immediately, and uh, the Franklin County Board of Elections is taking steps right now to remedy it. 
Thank you for that information. We're talking to Secretary of State Frank LaRose, who is, of course, in charge of Ohio's elections. So let me ask you about mail-in voting now. If people in Ohio receive an unrequested live ballot to be mailed in, which I am told by countless numbers of people that they have, people on social media, friends, acquaintances, and so on and so forth, what are these? And what is what protections do we know that that exist to make sure that people aren't just scribbling something on these casting a vote sending it in and saying if it if i can sneak it through and it counts as an extra vote great but they're never going to identify me because i've scribbled my name and they're going to have to sort through it what assurances do we have that this is going to be legitimate in any way shape or form when it comes to mail-in voting so bob first of all we don't have mail-in voting in ohio we have absentee voting it's a two-step process. You have to request an absentee ballot before you receive it. And so the things that you're hearing from people saying that they received an unsolicited absentee ballot, simply not true. That's not legal. That's not the way that the process works in Ohio. You have to prove your identity. So these are fraudulent. These are scams. These these are because because people have shown them to me. They will say, "Here is your here is your here is your ballot, uh, your your 2020 election ballot." I've seen these things. So these are just essentially scams. People are setting up to try to you know screw with the system. Okay. Well, what you're what you're reporting to me right now is something I've not heard about. If somebody is mailing out something that they say is a ballot. That is illegal, and we need to know about it. I'd ask you to report it to us. Uh, the website is, uh, the email address is just report at ohiosos.gov. I've not heard any reports of people sending out unsolicited absentee ballots. The only entity that can mail you a ballot is your county board of elections. And so what you may be thinking about, or what others may be confused about, is people receiving absentee ballot request forms. That's different. A request form is a you know publicly available document. You can get it on my website. You Parties and candidates routinely send those out. A request form is very different from a right. ballot. A ballot yeah, now I, a I can con- I can confirm that I have received those. Actually, I, in fact, I think sure. I've received more than one. And uh, but yeah, that is very different than what I'm talking about. So bigger picture, then, in the states that do have quote unquote mail in voting, where they are allowing you know unsolicited live ballots to be sent to people and then returned, etc. Do do you what do you think? What is your opinion of the integrity of the election? When it comes to those, especially given the number of examples we have seen of dead people receiving them, people who've moved out of the state a long time ago receiving them. And again, it's kind of a joke, but it's real. We've seen the proof of them. Uh, people's pets having ballots mailed to homes in their pets' names. Uh, and, you know, and again, these are considered to be live ballots. So just as, as a general commentary as Secretary of State of Ohio speaking bigger picture, what does this do to the integrity of this election? Again, what you're talking about is other states, states like Washington, I know, Oregon, yeah. California. Talk about other yeah. states, so, bigger picture. You know, yeah. it, 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 in those states, they seem to like that system, and they've enacted that as a state law in their state. That's how they do it. We don't like that in Ohio. We don't like unsolicited absentee ballots. That's why we don't do it that way in Ohio. We, of course, make people <laughs> prove their identity before they request a ballot. Now, it's also important to know that, unfortunately, this time of year, there are all kinds of wild conspiracy theories that people hatch and that often don't have any basis in reality. So just because something's on the Internet doesn't make it true. 
Yeah, it, it, that that is very true. The internet is the farthest place I think in the world from truth sometimes, uh, and you can see many things on there. But again, we've seen fraud and we've seen scams by way of email uh, ballots or email, I should say. And and yes, I have seen people receiving things that are alleged to be their ballots, and uh, and and I'm glad to know that in Ohio they're not. So it's good to know that in Ohio there are only two ways to vote. There is the absentee ballot, and there is the in-person early voting or in-person on election day. Do you think that the turnout will be impacted in terms of the in-person voting by COVID-19? Secretary LaRose, last question. I think that in Ohio, we're going to see record turnout this year because Ohioans are excited to make their voice heard. And of course, we make it easy. Unfortunately, some partisans try to claim that it's hard to vote in Ohio. That's a lie. It's easy to vote in the Buckeye State, and Ohioans are going to take advantage of that in record numbers, whether they choose Election Day in-person voting, whether they choose early voting, or whether they choose to vote absentee. Do you think that we will be able to have a winner declared on the night of November 3rd, or is the crush of absentee votes and mail-in votes in various states going to uh, going to lead to several days of, of, of unknown? I think it's entirely possible that we won't have a conclusive result on election night. Here's an important thing just for people to know is that election night result is always unofficial because it's not the final answer. In Ohio, the boards of elections receive ballots up to 10 days after the election. That means that as long as it is postmarked by Monday, November 2nd, whether it's a military ballot from overseas or an Ohioan that just waited to the last minute, those are ballots that deserve to be counted. Those continue to arrive for 10 days after the election. And so what that means is that we're going to report a result on election night. We're used to that being conclusive, uh, but it may not be the case. And so the thing that we're changing this year, Bob, is we are reporting the number of outstanding absentee ballots. That's a knowable number. The boards keep meticulous track of how many absentee ballots went out, which ones have come back in. And so we're going to report that number. Here's the hypothetical. If your favorite candidate's ahead by a million votes and there's only 200,000 outstanding absentees, well, then you can look at that and say this is a conclusive result. But on the flip side, if your favorite candidate's only ahead by 100,000 votes on election night and there are yet 200,000 ballots to come in, well, then just by definition, that's too close to call. Secretary of State Frank LaRose with all the answers to all the questions. As a matter of fact, thank you. You answered one that I neglected to ask about the postmark, and that is important to know. It's got to be postmarked by November 2nd in order to be counted. Secretary LaRose, thank you very much for all the hard work you're doing. I know it's a tough time, uh, you know, particularly in 2020 in the COVID world, to run an election. So thank you very much for your efforts. Thank you, Bob. Thank you so much. All right, 1029. Listen, we blew past an entire commercial break. We're going to have to make up for that, but stay right here. We're coming back on AM 1420 The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Okay, 1037. We continue now on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks again to Secretary of State Frank LaRose. We had to... uh, we had to move some things around because he came in a little bit late, but I'm glad to get the answers that we did. So if you are receiving any type of mail-in ballot or anything that's marked mail-in ballot, anything that's marked vote by mail, open now, um, that's fraud. That's fraud. Secretary of State LaRose confirmed there is no mail-in voting in, in the state of Ohio allowed. And uh, anything that you get that says something like that is not valid. So understand that, first of all. The second thing to understand, at least from my takeaway from the conversation with the Secretary of State, is that the absentee ballot process is, I won't, I won't say flawed, but it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's questionable. 
And I don't want to believe that. But when I see the story and hear the story that the secretary addressed about Franklin County, I'm worried about it being, you know, intentional human error or if it was accidental human error. Because, look, yes, you know, election workers, election officials and poll workers and so on and so forth are human beings. They're prone to make mistakes like anybody else. I get that. And whether those mistakes are intentional or whether they're accidental, they're mistakes that could tip the balance of an election. Remember, the 2016 Trump victory over Hillary Clinton was decided by thousands, not millions, of votes. And I'm talking about the individual states that gave Donald Trump the electoral uh, victory that he got. They're decided by thousands, and thousands of, of, of ballots can be changed, um, you know, or you know, erroneous ballots can, can throw the election from one person to another. And I'm very concerned by that. Franklin County election officials, and this is from the Columbus Dispatch, Franklin County election officials are scrambling to figure out how many voters received the wrong ballot in the mail as thousands more lined up across the state for the first day of in-person early voting. Problems with a thus far undetermined portion of about 250,000 ballots mailed to Franklin County voters emerged on Tuesday afternoon as the first wave of a record number of absentee ballots hit mailboxes. Franklin County learned of the problem when voters noticed irregularities in their ballots and contacted the board or Secretary of State Frank LaRose's office. Voters in Worthington reported receiving ballots for elections in Whitehall. Others got ballots with the wrong congressional race. Ballots for one precinct went to voters in another. All told, problems emerged across several portions of Franklin County, according to accounts submitted to the dispatch by voters who said they received the wrong ballots. So far, Ohio's 88 county board of elect, boards of elections have sent more than 2 million absentee ballots to voters around the state. The problem appears to be isolated to Franklin County. For now... System checks are in place to make sure mistakes uh, like the one made by Franklin County Board of Elections don't happen, but they only work if the board properly executes those checks. When we become aware or became aware of the issue and we immediately notified the Franklin County Board of Elections and they began working to mitigate, mitigate the issue with impacted voters, said Maggie Sheehan, the uh, LaRose spokesperson, in an email. So I'll stop there just to tell you that I'm worried about that kind of thing. Now, you should know that the overwhelming number of requests for absentee ballots and mail-in ballots in other states, again, we don't have that uh, here in, in the state of Ohio, as the secretary confirmed, but across the country, the overwhelming number of people who plan to vote by mail in either absentee form or mail-in ballot form are liberals. They are the mask wearers. They are the shamers. They are the, I'm scared of COVID, I'm not going to stand in a line to vote. Uh, Trump got it, he deserved it, he didn't wear a mask, I'm not going anywhere near those people, so I'm going to vote by mail. Overwhelming majority. I want you to make sure that their efforts are wasted. Go and vote in person. Let the mail problems plague those liberal Democrat voters. Let the absentee ballots and their insecurities, let the mail-in voting and its uh, potential for fraud, let that impact not your ballot. 
get your behind in line. Get your behind to the Board of Elections, the County Board of Elections. And again, I don't care if you're in Cuyahoga or Lorraine or Portage or Summit or Geauga or uh, Lake. Or, it doesn't matter what county you're in. Get your behind it there and vote early. Do not wait until Election Day if you can avoid it at all. Because the lines may be you know, miles long, and I may be exaggerating. I may not if they make them stand six feet apart. It could seriously be a long time. Uh, do not take a chance on, on allowing them to, to take this from you. Cast your ballot in person as if you are cashing a winning lottery ticket. I joke about that sometimes. And in fact, I can't remember who first said it to me. I think somebody texted it to me or whatever and said, imagine having a winning lotto ticket. Would you drop that winning lotto ticket in the mail in the hopes that it'll get to the lottery commission and that you'll get your money? Or would you take it in person, in person, and make sure that you had your ticket never leaving your site until you got paid? That's how valuable your vote is. That's what somebody said. Like I said, somebody messaged me about that. And I've been repeating that. And it sounds kind of goofy and kind of loony and kind of jokey, except that it actually happened. About a week and a half, two weeks ago, I literally saw a news story in the mail that said lotto winner, uh, uh, how did they phrase it? Uh, Lotto winner loses out on $10,000 prize when uh, a lottery ticket was lost in the mail. They literally tried that. I swear to you, I'm not making it up. My hand to God. Somebody put their winning lottery ticket in the mail. I think it was for ten grand. And when it never showed up where it was supposed to show up, they were forced to, to essentially you know, lose the money. They, there's no way to recover it. Don't let that happen to your vote. Don't put your vote in an envelope and just cross your fingers and hope. Put your vote into the box personally or push the buttons and read and verify your vote before you push submit and see that receipt coming up, depending on what kind of voting machine you have at your particular location. But do not do anything other than make sure it is done in person. With all due respect to the points Frank LaRose made about the security of absentee ballots and the rarity of a mistake like what happened in Franklin County, I'm not chancing it. And neither should you. I'm not going to just put it in an envelope and cross my fingers and say, okay, please, 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 please make sure my vote counts. Nope. Do it in person. John, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thank you for your, excuse me, thank you for your patience, John. Go ahead, sir. Thank you. Is it a little speaker? Is there a disturbance? And I can put it in a low voice. Whichever is. Uh, I don't call often, and I take it citizenship seriously. I took the citizenship test. I'm 86 and not afraid of counting the blessings and not in a wheelchair in a nursing home sedated. If citizenship is more important, voting is important, I want to know, horse and buggy days, we were more civilized and more civil. We could vote in person. We worry more about the space, but we don't have any port party construction site flagging, but the computer system, 2020, we can, we had to crash the line. We teach more about sports and weather and the biggest polluter is talking points by both parties and the independents. I want to know, when is this fragile republic going to be passed on to the next generation? I don't call too often because it upsets me because I teach citizenship as a volunteer. It's a shame. LaRosa's staff, they didn't even train properly. They asked two questions, they got two different answers. Close to home, somebody in Cairo County 30th and Euclid, which I know where it is, Somebody resigned last few days. Would you close the homes? Why don't you check that instead of Franklin County? 
I'm not putting you on, you know, on defensive. I'm on steroid this morning. You can see that. It's sad. Well, it is sad, and it is also uh, frightening, to be honest with you, John, and I thank you for your phone call, and I thank you for teaching citizenship, by the way, and I agree with you. It's something that should be taught to all young people, and the importance of the vote should be expressed to everybody, and the importance that it be taken seriously, and the importance of it being, uh, you know, the voting process being legitimate and that your votes get counted. I agree with you, and I share your frustrations, uh, particularly when it comes to making sure poll workers and election workers are trained properly. Yes, Mistakes can happen in any walk of life. We talk about this all the time as it pertains to police. 99% of police officers are going to do the, do the job right, conscientiously and ethically and so on and so forth, but you're going to have a small handful that may do wrong things for various reasons. Same thing happens in the construction business, in the radio business, in the accounting business, and yes, in the elections business. But those mistakes must be minimal, and the importance of them cannot be overstated. Thank you, my friend. Linda. Uh, you are on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for waiting, Linda. Go right ahead. Hey, hey. So it doesn't get any crazier out here, but uh, our governor is telling us when we go out to eat, don't forget to keep your mask on in between bites. You know how hard that is? Wait, 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 wait. wait. What? Which governor? Where are you calling from? California, Laguna Beach, California. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I did not look at my screen to see the city there. My apologies. So you're calling from California. And I did, yes, I did hear that on Hugh Hewitt this morning about Gavin Newsom telling everybody to take a bite of food and put your mask back up while you chew and only remove the mask to take your next bite. I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't wrap my brain around this guy. Well, there's a lawsuit against him. We're trying to get enough uh, signatures to get him in the April special election to recall him. So all is not lost, although he sent... Uh, mail-in ballots out to everybody in California, we all go to the polls. And I can tell you, Bob, Orange County is going to go red. There's hardly anybody that we see around here that wants Biden. I can just tell you that. You know, I, I feel so bad anytime I talk to people from California, and it's usually, uh, and thank you for calling here to Cleveland, by the way. Usually it's when I do one of the national shows for Larry or Prager or somebody that I talk to folks out in your, uh, out there on the coast. And I always tell them the same thing. I feel bad for you guys because, you know, you're, you're, you're scrambling to get enough people together to maybe recall Gavin Newsom. You're, of course, never going to win that. You're, you know, even if, even if Orange County, like you said, may go red, there is just so, I mean, it's so deeply dyed blue. You're never going to get enough voters to turn against, you know, a, a Democratic, a liberal Democratic governor. They believe in the, probably the mask while you eat nonsense that Newsom is, is pushing forth. You're just not going to have enough. And I, I would feel so frustrated if I was in your shoes, Linda, to feel like well, your vote doesn't count or doesn't matter out there because you're just outnumbered so drastically. Well, we don't give up. Uh, I was, you know, I'm an interior designer. We're remodeling some 1929 beach cottages here in Laguna. I had a couple of millennials walk up to me because I wear my Trump 2020 hat. Every single day. <laughs> I haven't I been shot it. at. Yeah, I haven't been shot at. But these two millennials walked up to me and said, we love your hat. We love Donald Trump. And you got bigger balls than us for wearing it around here. <laughs> well, they're right. You do. You do. I mean, that's crazy. I know a lot of people in far, far more red areas than, you know, Orange County, California, that don't want to do it because they don't want to get attacked or get into an argument with somebody. So you do have uh, bigger brass ones, if you will. Uh, and I salute you. And by the way, 
if you you said you're in business there, so you're probably not going going anywhere. But do you know people who have abandoned ship? You said we don't give up, but I know a lot of people are. They're moving out of California. They're going to Texas. They're going all over the place just to get out of the high tax, rolling blackout, uh, forest mismanagement, and wildfire uh, liberal crap that you guys are dealing with there on a regular basis. Um, so, do you know a lot of people that are bailing? Uh, some, some <clears throat> were. You know what? We moved out here, drove truck car out here like you know crazy that we did this in 1981 and always wanted to live by the seaside which is where we are and by the way we lived the american dream but uh yes some some but we're sticking it here and you know what my one friend said linda you're not going to live long enough to turn it red i said don't count on that <laughs> I love your spirit, man. I'll tell you what, Linda, you're, thank you so much for the call from Laguna Beach, California. I love your spirit. I love your attitude. I love your optimism. I don't know that I share it. And I guess that's why I love it because I envy it. I wish I could be as optimistic in a place like that. I lived for a hot minute in California. My wife and I at the turn of the, uh, the millennium, uh, the century in 2000, 2001, 2002, we were there and uh, I would never go back. Not in a million years would I ever go back and subject uh, myself nor my kids to, uh, to that place. So for those of you who can stick it out, God bless you. 1051 final segment coming up. AM 1420, The Answer. I've got a friend of mine who texted me, and it's true, I do remember this. He says, remember four years ago in Columbus, four years ago, Workers posting videos of themselves on social media destroying absentee ballots and military ballots for Trump. Remember that? Uh, and the answer is yes, I do remember that. And I again, I, I, I talked to Frank LaRose about it, about the integrity of the absentee uh, ballot voting process. And, you know, he insists that it is it is safe uh, and I, I'm not going to dispute him. Uh, he said that there are mistakes that were made and those are human errors. And I'm not going to dispute that either. But I don't know how many cases they don't know of that the secretary of the secretary's office have not been made aware of. I don't know how many of those might be, you know, legitimate mistakes, accidental mistakes versus intentional mistakes, like uh, what my friend just reminded me of. Um, Let's go right back to it. We're going to go to Todd in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Todd. Go right ahead, sir. Yo, Bob. Yo, T. So, yo, I actually know that story. They might let that woman in Florida get that lottery money. She has um, certi- she has certified proof that the that the ticket made it to the station in the post office. But, but it thank you for ver- thank you for bearing witness to the story. I, I didn't have yeah. it in front of me, but I remember reading. And I thought to myself, "You got to be kidding me! This is exactly what we joke about, or not really joke about, but say. You know, you wouldn't put a lottery ticket in the mail, and this person did, and the mail lost it. So now she's out ten grand. So yeah. I'm glad you saw it, and thank you for the update. I hope she does get her money. I remember a dude did that in New Jersey. He had a $20 million Mega Million ticket that he had been sitting on. He was like, he only had like 16 days to turn it in. He put it in the mail. He got his money, though. His wife almost killed him. She They were talking about him. He was on CBS <laughs> News. I remember that. But um, I wanted to I know. I remember that one. That was about 20 years ago. Maybe maybe somewhere between 15 and 20 years ago. It was in New Jersey. But um, So in other words, I, not much has changed. You can't trust the mail. Sadly, you can't trust the mail very often. I'm oh, well, sorry. No, what else did you want to say? No, his ticket got there. They, his, he got everything went smooth. His wife just wanted to kill him because he put it. In the oh, mail so the story was hand. okay. So the story <laughs> wasn't that he lost. Okay, got it. Got oh, it. Nah, I'm sorry, I, mean, I mistook it. Okay, he was close though. He only had 16 days to turn the ticket in. He was sitting on it for almost six months. <laughs> I thought you were going to preview a little dollars. bit. 
I was hoping that you were going to preview the uh, pres- the vice presidential quasi debate today. So, in the brief time that you have left, what's the key? What's the one major issue you want to hear them argue more so than others? Well, you know, I was actually waiting for you to preview the vice presidential debate. That's why I didn't do it. I was expecting you to call and tell me. You tell me what you're looking for tonight, for real, because we're short on time. I want to, I want to see an argue, a honest back and forth about the necessity to bring the agricultural money back into the country that's been lost as a result of the um, coronavirus problem. The um, the larger issues of the economy that we have is the ability to get um, products in that are that, that we use to feed ourselves. You know, a lot of a lot of workers weren't working as a result of this, and I'd like to see them go back and forth about that, and that's directly related to the economy. So that's I what I want. I would seriously <laughs> doubt. I would seriously doubt that's going to make the topic list. To be honest with you, you and too, you know Bob. I'm glad you brought. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, seriously, and, I, I, and I'm not saying it shouldn't, because you make great points on, on it. Todd, thanks for the call, but I don't think that's going to make the list. There's going to be about racism, violence in the streets, COVID-19 response, health care plans, um, and socialism versus capitalism, quite frankly, is I think what it's going to be focused on primarily. Uh, Jan is in Greater Cleveland next. Hi, Jan, go ahead. Hi. I think uh, La, uh, La Rosa is being a little cavalier about this mistake. That is serious. Do you know how many people stack up their mail and maybe won't pick that ballot up to fill it out on October 31st or November 1st? And then, then rectifying the mistake at that late date? This is, this is very serious, and I don't think it ever happened before. And if uh, uh, I, just, I, I have an absentee ballot coming, unfortunately, and if I had to do it over again, I mean, some people, their health conditions really make it difficult for them to go to the polls. But uh, that, it should be on a limited basis. And I think the left screamed and hollered that people are kept from voting. And, and this is what they wanted. They just wanted people voting. Jan, let me jump in to say this, and thank you for the call. You're right. There are people with health conditions who should not go to the polls, who cannot. That's what absentee is for. People who are college students out of state, that's what it's for. Military, out of state. But if you're healthy and able to get to the polls, get your butt to the polls. We'll see you tomorrow.